Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Let me call our attention to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. The book of Hebrews chapter number 11. We're just going to read one verse this morning and deal with one person in what has become known as the Hall of Faith. Uh, We discussed some of that last week in uh, dealing with what the fundamentals and the principles of faith and what faith was. We're going to look at Abel this morning. So we're going to look at verse number 4. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 4. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness and he was, that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it being dead, yet speaketh. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to be here this morning. We pray that as we look into your word, we pray that you would illumine your word. I pray that it might shed light in our life. I pray that it might shed that light upon our path. Lord, I pray that we may be able to glean from it this morning those things that would help us and aid us in our walk with you. Lord, I pray that you would do with your word today what you would have to be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Only a life of faith pleases God. You can't get around that. It's found in Scripture. Only a life of faith pleases God. So God gives us historical examples. That's what the book of Hebrews chapter number 11 is about. God has told us in the first few verses what faith is. God has given us an example of that faith and and God is going to show us what that looks like as we begin to look at different individuals that are mentioned here in chapter number 11. He gives us the first three that we have here in the beginning are Abel, Enoch, and Noah. And as we look at these, we're going to understand some of that. We're looking at Abel this morning and looking at what faith looked like in the life of Abel. So God tells us that the just shall live by faith, correct? He tells us that that is what we are to live by. We're to live by faith. If we're just, if God has justified us, we are to live by faith. What does that living by faith look like? God goes all the way back to the beginning. And begins at the beginning 
and walks down through history of the Old Testament and shows us those that walked by faith. The essence of faith, the operation of faith, the rewards of faith are all highlighted in the examples of Abel, Enoch, and Noah in their biblical narrative leading up to the devastation of uh, the worldwide flood. Faith must live in the light of the reality of God. You can't have true faith if you don't believe in the reality of God. Faith lives in that reality, the reality of God, and the conviction that God will reward those who have faith, those who seek Him. As we study this chapter, as we began to look at chapter number 11 of the book of Hebrews, we'll discover a variety of things that faith does or that it accomplishes. We often think of this chapter as focusing on the heroes. When we look at this chapter, when we consider this chapter, many times if we're not careful, our focus is in the wrong place. Our focus is on what we consider to be the heroes of faith. When our focus ought to be on faith itself. It ought not to be on those individuals. God is giving us examples of what faith looks like in the life of believers. So as we began to walk through these Old Testament saints and understand their personalities, ultimately it is not these men and women that we are to look at in all the variety of experiences, but rather it is the faith that we find in this chapter that we need to be concerned about. In the previous chapters we saw Two things that faith does. It makes present and real things that are future and unseen. It, it brings to us the reality of things that we've not yet seen. That's what faith does. Faith allows us to be able to see some things from Scripture. The reason there are people around us, the reason there are people in our lives that look at you and look at me in our lives and say, all this religion is crazy. It's stupid. There's, there's no need for it. The reason they do that is because they do not see what we see. Right. And we do not see that physically, but we see that through an eye of faith. If you didn't, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. If you did not have that eye of faith and, 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 and seeing those things that God has given us, you probably would not be sitting here this morning. You either can see through that eye of faith or you're seeking that faith or, or you need that faith is the reason you're here. But understand that God brings to us the the unseen things of the future, God makes them a reality to us 
And that's the reason. Well, what is it that you and I as the children of God, what is it that we look for? We look for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not what our ultimate goal is? We want to see the return of Christ. We want to see the same thing that those that were in the minor prophets as we went through those. All of those were looking to one thing. What were they looking to? They were looking to that king. What was talked about this morning, what was mentioned here this morning, that God had promised Israel they would have a king. <laughs> How many of us, I thought about as that was being mentioned this morning. How many of us have a difficult time keeping a gift hidden for a period of time? It, it doesn't do me well to buy something for someone and put it up for a long time. I just don't do good with that. Why? Because I'm anxious. I want to I let them have it. I want them to see it. I want them to enjoy it. It is definitely not good. And my wife and I, uh, when we first got married, we used to purchase things and we'd say, you can't, you can't use this or you can't open this or you can't do whatever with this until your birthday or you can't until the end. And, and I'm thinking, that, that's not good. It's, it's here. Why can't I use it now? That's basically the way the children of Israel were. God told them they were going to have a king. They said, no, God, we just don't want to wait on you. We want a king now. The problem with us many times is God has allowed us to see things through faith. And we get anxious and we don't want to wait for the time when God's going to do it in his time. And in his way and in his purpose. Understand as we look at this that God is showing us future things that have not been seen. And God's allowing us to see that through an eye of faith. Where does faith come from? Faith, So then faith cometh from hearing and hearing from the word of God. That's the reason we come together. That's the reason we're here this morning is to hear the Word of God, to build upon our most, most holy faith. Is not, not what Paul told Timothy? To build upon our most holy faith? What? We're to build upon that faith by looking further into the Word of God and seeing the promises of God that have been revealed, the things that God has already revealed, and we see them in history, but yet the things that God is going to reveal in the future. So by faith we presently lay hold on the possession of Christ. Faith pleases God. It does good works. It looks upon the heavenly city. It trusts God's promises. And it conquers over obstacles. Let me, let me say that again. Faith pleases God. It does good works. It looks upon the heavenly city. It trusts God's promises. And it conquers over obstacles in our life. That's what faith is. That's what faith does. 
What we have seen in Hebrews now is that the nature of faith and the vitality of faith is rooted in what God is like. Our faith is rooted in what God is like, not in what we are like. Our faith is rooted in who God is, not who we are. So we understand that if that be true about us in our lives, it is the same that is true in the lives of those that we're going to be looking at. That faith is about who God is, not who these heroes are. You don't find out that Christian faith is by consulting your felt needs. You find out by consulting the nature of God. How do you find out faith? You don't find out faith by what I feel. We find out faith by what God reveals about himself. What God gives us about himself. Therefore, if you would have your faith to be strong and your soul to be strong and your family to be strong and your church to be strong and your denominations to be strong and your schools to be strong and your 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 all around life to be strong it is that you know god and you know about god so the testimony of abel that we see in this verse of scripture the testimony of abel is that he had a righteous character i want you to turn with me real quick back to the book of genesis <clears throat> Back to the book of Genesis chapter number 4. We're going to read a couple of verses here. It's hard for us to understand just in one verse in the book of Hebrews what is being said here without going back and looking at what God says about Abel. Genesis chapter number 4 and we'll begin in verse number 1 and we'll read down through verse number 15. And Abraham knew Abraham, and Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, "I have gotten a man from the Lord." Why did she make that statement? What was the promise that was seen one chapter back? That God would send the seed of the woman that would defeat the serpent. She thought that God had given her a man-child and she thought that this man-child was going to be the one that God promised that would defeat. She didn't realize that she was raising the first murderer. Look at what it says here. And she again bare, and he, bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Don't miss that. What did God have respect to? 
He had respect to Abel and to his offering. It was not the offering that brought respect to Abel. God had respect to Abel before he had respect to the offering. And we need to understand that. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen? If thou didst well, shalt thou not be accepted. What is God telling Cain? He's telling you didn't do it the right way. You didn't come in faith. And if thou didst not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shalt be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. I had almost missed this. In all of my reading, I had almost missed that the fact that Cain and Abel talked. He didn't just go out and club his brother. They talked. He talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass... When they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now... Art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth and received thy brother's blood from thy hand? When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me this day from the face of the earth, and from the face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whomsoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold, And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. That is the story that you and I know well of the slaying of Abel. But the thing that you and I need to understand is when Abel came before God, Abel came the right way. It was not the sacrifice per se. It was not what they did. It was the believing of what they were doing. Cain took it for granted. He took the sacrifice for granted. It was not as if they did not understand. You go back even before that. What happened with Adam and Eve? When they had sinned before God, what did they do? They tried to make for themselves fig leaves. They tried to do something for themselves. Can I, can I just stop right here and tell you the, 
The main reason all of this is going on is because Cain messed up the foreshadow of Jesus Christ. It was not that he brought fruit. It wasn't the sacrifice. He messed up what God had sent forth when he did what he did in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. What did God do in order to clothe Adam and Eve? In order to put something upon them, what did he do? Someone be, someone had to die in their place. Does that sound familiar? Does that not sound like what the whole plan of God is? That's why Adam, at the, I mean, that's why Abel found respect before God because there was a lamb that died in his stead. The reason that there was problems with Cain's is because Cain took this just nonchalant. He thought that he just needed to bring something before God to please God. Can I be honest with you and you and I understand this? There is nothing that you and I can bring before God that will please God. The only thing that pleases God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can come before God is in faith of what God did through His Son. That's what God is trying to show us as we began to look at Cain. There are two different views. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. There are two views that we find in this. The author of Hebrews does not state specifically that the superiority of Abel's offering was due to its bloody character. He doesn't tell us that. We've, we've always heard, have we not? We've always heard that it was blood that made it. It was that sacrificial death for another is what was important. It was bloodshed because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We understand that, but that is not the only thing here. You and I need to understand it is the fact that there was something dying for another. It was, it was the foreshadowing of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do on our behalf. What did God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit do? Before the foundations of the world, they devised a plan. What was that plan? That plan was that Jesus would die for the sins of mankind. And what Cain did is messed up the foreshadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the whole problem. That was the whole reason God did not have respect for his offering. It was not that the author didn't talk about this character. Rather, it, it says that Abel was accepted by faith. God had respect to Abel before his offering ever got there. Why? Because Abel believed God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Is that not right? 
Is that not what the Word of God says? It is that faith in God, it is that faith in what God said that pleases God. Taking God at His Word. The statement in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 4 that God had respect first unto Abel and then to his offering may suggest it was the character of Abel that was the primary thing that was in view. It was not necessarily the offering. It was the fact that his character was he believed God. Abel's heart was right in the sight of God. And his offering was a demonstration of his faith. Don't, don't get this thing turned on its head. Don't look at the offering. Look at the faith. And the offering is because of the faith. That's the reason his offering was right. Because he had faith in what God said that God was going to do. Abel's heart was right in the sight of God. His offering was a demonstration of his faith. Cain, with Cain, it was a mere ritual. He just came to God because he had been taught that they're supposed to give an offering, so he came to God as a ritual, having no efficacy in the offering that he placed. That's the reason God was wroth with his offering. That's the reason God did not like what he was doing because he didn't believe what God had said. Abel, by faith, had obeyed God's command. Cain refused to submit to it. Abel's faith pleased God. Cain's disobedience displeased God. When the Lord told Cain to do well, he meant bring the kind of sacrifice that I told you that I needed is basically what he was telling Cain. He was telling Cain that you could have the same thing your brother had if you came the same way your brother came. But he didn't. He didn't even, he didn't even, even after having that warning from God, what did Cain do? <laughs> he did something that I grew up with my daddy looking at me when I even looked like I was going to say something back to him and my daddy would look at me and say, don't sass me, boy. And yet Cain, in essence, was sassing God. He said, when God came to him and said, where's Abel? It's the same way it was with Adam and Eve. God, it wasn't that God didn't know what happened. It was not that God didn't know where to find him. It was not that God didn't know where his body was. He wanted Cain to answer. When he came to him, and, and Cain turns around and looks at God and said, Am I my brother's keeper? Can you imagine the audacity? What you and I know now, I would not dare. I would not dare. Brother Ricky just said he, he lied to God. First of all, he lied to him. Then he sassed him. Am I my brother's keeper? Uh, I have no idea where he's at. Yeah, you do because you laid his body over there after you clubbed him. Or you rocked him. Talk about being rocked to sleep. Listen, what, it, what, it, what God is talking about here and what God's dealing with is the, the, 
the, the faith that they came to him with. There was a lack of faith on Cain's part. There was faith on Abel's part. Undoubtedly, at the time, he expected them, or, or he explained to them four things. Their sin caused them to be unashamed and their, at their nakedness, talking about Adam and Eve. So they sewed together fig leaves and they tried to cover their shame, but God did not accept the fig leaves. Instead, he clothed them with a garment made from the skin of an animal, which the animal had to die. What was God showing them? He was showing them the foreshadow of what Jesus Christ was going to do. There were four things he was trying to explain to them. First of all, to stand before a holy God, they needed to have proper covering. You and I cannot stand before God if we do not have the robe of Christ's righteousness on us. We cannot. What happened to the, what happened to the high priest in the Old Testament if they came in and were not clothed right and did not have their sin atoned for? What happened to them? They would die. It was over with. They must, if they stand before God, they need to have the proper clothing. Secondly, humanly manufactured coverings were not adequate. Thirdly, God would provide the necessary covering apart from their efforts. It was, it was not any effort from Adam and Eve when they were clothed with the, the skin of an animal. There was no effort. Who made the effort? God put forth the effort. You and I do not get saved by any effort we put forth. It is not our prayer. It is not our faith. It is not... The only thing we bring to God is a sinner. And we lay that sinner before God and God saves that sinner. Fourth, the only acceptable covering for their sin required the death, the shedding of blood, and an acceptable sacrifice. Surely Adam had communicated this with, the, with his children. Surely they had talked. I mean, Cain and Abel talked with each other. Surely the father talked with his sons and told them about what went on in the garden, told them about what had happened. In Abel's sacrifice, the way of the cross was first prefigured. The way that Jesus was going to be sacrificed. The first, the first sacrifice was Abel's lamb. One lamb for one person. Later came the Pentecost. One lamb for one family. Then came the Day of Atonement. One lamb for one nation. Finally came the Good Friday. One lamb for the sins of the whole world. God had a progression. And God was showing them what he was going to do. So Abel's sacrifice was better than Cain's because it was offered in obedience and faith, understanding what God was going to do for mankind. He had a testimony of righteousness. 
What, 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 what did it say? What did he do? In verse number four, the Bible said, and by faith, Abel, what? Offered unto God. What happened after he offered? Look at what it says. By faith he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained. It was that faith he obtained. Through that faith, he, he obtained what? A testimony of righteousness. Not his righteousness, but the righteousness of the promise of the one that was to come. So we understand and know that the Lord Jesus Christ is, is the central focus as we look at this passage of Scripture. In Genesis, Abel's blood cried out to God from, for vengeance. Here, it is Abel himself. What does it say? What does it tell us here? It says here in verse number four, he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. It's not the blood of Abel that's crying from the ground unto God for vengeance, but it is Abel who is testifying to us of the faith that was in the Lord Jesus Christ. By bringing his own sacrifice as a way to approach God, Cain became the father of all false religion. You look around you and you find false religion around you. What does false religion tell you? False religion tells you you can do better. You can make it. You can, it, it, you can have a better life. You can do this. You can do that. You can't do anything. It is in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. All those false religions reject the idea that they are sinners in need of a Savior and in need of His blood. Now this text is divided into three progressive points, if you will. As we look at this, Abel's faith led him to three things. Number one, it led him to offer a more excellent sacrifice. A sacrifice that was not him. It was, it was nothing he was doing. It took the life of another. It was offered a more excellent sacrifice. And by offering that more excellent sacrifice, he obtained righteousness. And because of that, he openly speaks. Though he be dead, he yet speaks. What is he speaking? He's speaking even now this morning. As we're looking at his life and what took place, he is the one that's speaking this morning. He's the one that's telling you it's the, it's the sacrifice of Christ that makes the difference. Because he believed God, he offered a better sacrifice. 
Because he offered a better sacrifice, he obtained righteousness. Because he obtained righteousness, he is for all the ages a living voice saying, righteousness is by faith. You see what the writer's trying to tell us? The writer's trying to show us that he believed God. And because he believed God, he offered a better sacrifice. And because he offered a better sacrifice, he obtained righteousness. And because he obtained righteousness, he now is a testimony of what faith looks like in the life of a believer. Don't miss this. What is it that he believed? What is it that Abel believed that caused all of this to take place in his life. He believed the first gospel message in Genesis chapter number 3. The message that had been told to him by his mom and his dad. He believed what God said when he said, I will put enmity between your seed and its seed. And he will bruise your heel, but you will crush his head. (laughs) What is it that obtains righteousness for us? Belief in the gospel message. The same gospel message that Abel believed in. That Jesus would be the one that would take away the sins of the world. You want to see Christ? You don't have to look very far. Because what caused Abel to be one of the first ones listed is God reached way back there to the first one that believed in the first gospel message. What a blessing. To know that God, (laughs) and, and why not believe in that gospel message? God preached that one himself. I mean, we can do all the preaching we want to do, but nobody's going to preach the gospel better than God does. But Abel believed. The sad thing is Cain did not. And Cain died that death of unbelief. But understand this, that this faith is the most important thing as we begin to look at these heroes that we look at. Don't look at the people of these heroes. Look at the faith that that produced these heroes. And maybe we need to quit calling them heroes. They're examples God has placed before us saying this is what faith really looks like. Let's pray.